This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Thank you very much, guys, for making time on this very uh, good Thursday evening to be with us. My name is Calvin. I host the breakfast show at Trace FM, show called Good Morning Trace. Make sure you guys lock in 95.3. If you haven't already got the app, get it. It's available at the Google Play Store, the iOS Store, and uh, you will have some great shows. So thanks a lot for creating time. So I'm going to start off with uh, introducing who are going to be our speakers of the day. Uh, we've got Wangeshi. She's back with a brand new song. It's amazing. It's literally playing everywhere. It's called Romantic Rivals. And she's also got a whole bunch of new songs that are going to be out. So she's literally going to be everywhere. And uh, as of right now, she's enjoying a lot of radio play. I know we are, and a lot of radio stations are playing her music as well. Wangeshi, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Calvin. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, I am Wangeshi, rapper, singer, songwriter, currently a chef because I'm making my dinner this moment. So yeah. I do many things and many times, yeah. We most recently caught up and uh, you've added one more thing that you've forgotten. One more thing that I've forgotten. Hmm. Businesswoman. Oh yes, businesswoman. Chicky, chicky. Entrepreneur. All right, we like that. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Uh, I'll start with the ladies as I already have. We've got Aniko. Um, I had to Google what your official title is nowadays because you know Aniko you just keep blowing up <laughs> but uh according to you know some sources they say that you are still and have been East Africa's leading entertainment publicist we've seen your work over the last uh decade you've done some amazing work everybody knows about what you did for Saudi Soul what you continue to do and of course all of the amazing work that um we know about and what we don't know about. Good evening, Aniko. Good evening. Oh, thank you so much um, for having this uh, talk, for having me and um, for the introduction. I'm really looking forward to this uh, specific topic, which is very close to my heart. Um, and thank you, everybody, joining. And if you've joined, please send the link to so many other people to join us, please. I like that. Thank you very much for that. And uh, last but not least is uh, Mr. Dennis Jenga, businessman, hustler, shrewd, uh, Mr. Customer Service, all-around good guy, and of course the man behind so many uh, talented individuals at Kaka Empire. Dennis, how are you doing, sir? Good evening, Calvin. Did you just call me Customer Service? With the title on me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to a good conversation, guys. Asante. All right, all right. Thanks, guys. So as um, just to bring you guys up to speed on what we're going to be tackling, as you can see the title, it says Knowing Your Worth, right? So we're going to dissect that. And the first point that we're going to talk about is how artists should value their work their time and their services. So we're going to start off with that. The second uh, topic today is going to be the basics of brand building. Uh, The last one is going to be importance of having a right team. And as we have a conversation today, feel free to, you know, raise your hand to a lattice in case you want to say something, feel free to do so. So I'll kick it right off and we're going to start with the first topic how artists should value 
their work time and services. Aniko, let's kick off with you. How would you answer that from your experience? Okay, so um, from my experience, um, first of all, time is money. Um, and unfortunately, time lost cannot be recovered. But you can probably recover money you lost by trying to get more money or I don't know what. So um, I'm not the first person to, to say that, like, um, the time is money. But I find that um, there's a really big issue with artists when it comes to time. And from my work experience with various artists, this is always something we have to deal with, I have to deal with. Um, and sometimes I would have to give specific artists even up to uh one hour call time because I know they're not going to make it their own time. So instead of telling somebody come at nine, I say come at eight or I don't know, some someone, you know, they're probably going to be 30 minutes um, late. So you give them the 30 minutes ahead call time, but you, you really can't, or rather I really can't tell an artist be there at eight when they need to be there at eight because you know how it is, um, Calvin, when you're on radio. Like sometimes you really have to, I don't know, speak about another promotion or campaign or an ad or the news is happening. So the time is not really waiting for a specific artist. And I find that um, for you to be able to value your work and for other people to value your work, it has to time. It has to start with the um, for you being you you being sensitive to the time you uh, keeping time and. I always find it quite disturbing that in Africa, in East Africa, and even in Kenya, people make it um, such an okay thing to be late or, uh, oh, yeah, that's an artist. And yeah, they're coming fashionably late. But in my experience, like these type of situations or things are inexcusable in, in Europe, you know, in America or all the other you know, areas. So if we're going to sit at the table and want to speak about taking our industry, you know, further, you know, global, we really have to work on this. And I feel like that is the number one thing a lot of artists need to work on. I mean, you can set, um, you can have your calendar, you can set an alarm on your phone or you can have your publicist come and pick you or your manager come and pick you. There are various ways to manage time and you can have your team assist you with that. So um, then it, when it comes to valuing also the work that you do, I feel like you also have to believe in what you do. You have to be confident in what you have produced. You have to be confident in who you are as an artist. Um, even for me in the work I do in PR, I'm unable to go out there and start promoting somebody. If I feel like I'm not feeling this project, I feel like it could have been better in this way or the other way. So there's no way to be able to value your own work and expect other people to value your work when you yourself, you know, you came out of the studio or came out of wherever you produced the video and you felt like, okay, we could have done better. And every time you see this, like there's so much content coming out, you know, videos, songs, I don't know what. Um, and it's unfair when people come out and say stuff like, oh, all the Kenyan content is bad anyway. And you cannot compare it with, I don't know, West African content or South African content. That's not accurate because there are a lot of artists who are producing, you know, dope work. You can watch this on Trace. You know, Trace is not playing 
um, shit videos, excuse my French. So, um, but then you see, you continuously see uh, specific artists and especially those who've been in the industry for long, you continuously see some of them still producing substandard work, still producing really bad videos, you know, bad lighting. It just doesn't work. And I understand how difficult it is to be an artist and especially when you don't have like a proper you know funding probably a proper team or management but some of these things you can actually just make sure there's proper lighting like if you don't have big lights you can decide to shoot somewhere during the day where where there's like proper daylight um you know getting through into the the set or something so there are various ways to to make it work but i i, I find that you have to make it work. It has to be of good quality. You have to feel like, okay, I did my best work. And when you put out your work out there, you also need to put it out in a certain way that will show like you value it. Most artists um, suffer from um, j- just like, um, what can I say, like a burnout. After you've already worked on your album, you know, videos, whatever, by the time you're releasing the song, it's taken so much of your energy, time. You know, you've been editing over and over again, and that's where the burnout comes. And so the song is out, the video is out. Uh, I don't know, you have a concert on Saturday, but this hasn't even been communicated anywhere, or you haven't even sent the song out to various radio stations. Uh, you didn't even, I don't know, check with your PR or your management. And I feel like this always, again, lets down... Um, Left down the artist, and then this um, f- um, affects the value of your work and how your work is valued out there. You know, someone's gonna say, Hey, she had a great song that came out like two weeks ago, but I mean, no one knew about it because no one knew about it because we didn't even know when it came out, we didn't receive the email. So, I think there's various steps to. Um, to the end goal and you can't jump any one of those steps it's always a long journey it's always tedious mm-hmm. in the sense that you have to do the same things over and over and over again you can't step any one um, part of the journey and i feel like um it's i mean that that's just the nature of the business it's not only you yeah. as this one artist suffering or feeling oh this is so tedious but every other person or artist has to deal with that and that's the nature of the industry so i feel like there's a level of um uh of recognition that the artists need to give to the hustle that is required to maintain being in an industry there's no time when it's going to be easy or one time when you will have to be skipping these things unless if you're what whiz kid or i don't know your rihanna or i don't know who but we are all working hard to make sure our brands are at that level so i think that's my contribution for this specific um liner Thank you very much, Aniko. Um, We're going to really dive into value uh, as we continue with this conversation because I was reading something earlier that really caught my attention. You know, value is one of those things that, as you've said, you've explained it from us guys in the industry. But I think another person or another group of people who have to value you and dictate this quite a bit, uh, most definitely the consumers because you find the consumers are the cultural cultural majority in a sense so we'll get to that in just a bit um from your experience wangeshi you've been a musician you've had a nico who's spoken about how having to have conversations with talent and tell them you have to be at this point at this time you have to have sent mm. you 
how how do you go about valuing yourself your time your services when you're thinking okay this is how i want to rate my rate card mm. what what are some of the things that you look at as an artist um i think when value comes in as an artist is i'd value my work by um registering it, registering it on mcsk and prsk so that it's valued throughout the radio stations i'd also value my work by understanding who i am as a brand so let's say for an example i see somebody has posted an image that is mine and I've built I've worked so hard to build that brand and to appear as that brand and somebody else is using it and that's my value of my work. This is a work of this is somebody I've created. So for you to take that image and use it in your own setting is not a value added on to me. It's a value added on to you. So I have to figure out a way to value my work and pay attention to such things that do happen in the industry. Um I had Daniko talking about like the time thing. Um I'd say personally, as my own character trait, I am a timekeeper, but I'd understand how that is something that happens in our industry. So I know most of the musicians do not value the time that is being allocated to them. Like be there at nine, you'd be there at 9.30 and you hope that the radio station has started later. But um, a value of time is very essential to an artist because it creates a great rapport between you and the industry in itself. The industry is just not an artist. The industry is the host. The industry is the videographer. The industry is the photographer. It's everybody around you. So if you do value your time, that would really create a better brand around you. Um, a value of service would be most of the service that we do give out as artists is being on stage. It's making sure the crowd gets the exact type of vibe that you're in and you're hyping up the crowd and everything. And your service is also the work that you do create. You have to value it and value the fan who's receiving it and value the radio station who's going to have it. So if you're going to create a clean edit, if you're going to create a radio edit, or just you're going to have the same edit of everything, like you have to value the service that you're giving out to people. Calvin, if I could put it like that. You know, you've just mentioned... Um radio edits and i don't even want to start with that oh that is a whole story but i appreciate you radio edits yeah radio edits is a long thing um i know adele who's a who's a listener can she can she she knows what i'm talking about so also as we talk about value Wangeshi, let me pose this to you one time, one more time, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of the Mm -hmm. things that encompass value for you? What are some of the things that you've learned that, you know, make up value for you? You've said, you know, you keep time. Uh, Of course, Mm -hmm. you know how to produce your music uh, to a certain Mm -hmm. way. It's quality. If I'm going to perform, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll have Mm -hmm. to go for band practice and all of that. Like, I'll give you guys an example. We had a... Mm -hmm. Nikita carrying on the show sometime last year and she had a show uh, she was performing at a certain show that was two weeks away and she told me for, yeah. for for about 12 days before she hit the stage she was actually over there with her stage managers with her band you know performing rehearsing to make sure that by the time she's hitting the stage it's a whole mm-hmm. performance so that adds up to the value of who she is. So next time she goes to a certain gig and says, okay, I'm asking for this or that or what, you know, this is the service I'm offering. This is the time that I'm going to bring to the table. So all of that goes into value. For you, how would you break that down? I think um, the most valuable thing I'll do is creating the product. Like I know tomorrow I'm doing some 
scouting of locations for a new video I'm shooting. And that's the value I would give to the fans because I have to go there and make sure that the location is set, how the location looks, whether the set is going to be set the right way. So I know it's going out of myself to create this thing because you'd literally leave it to the videographer to do all of that. But once beaten twice shy, you'd rather be the one on ground doing it and figuring out all that stuff so that when you do come to the video set, you're not being shocked or being given news. Oh, Sijui, it is Melipuika, Sijui, it has happened. So that's some value that I do add to my product. And also, before I rehearse, before like a recording time, I've really gone through the song so much in my head. And I, during recording, I will not leave until everything is is done exactly the way it should be done if it's singing i'd try and belt out the best vocals i can if it's rapping i'll have to make sure my first liner is a punchline and my last line is a punchline and do whatever i need to do in the middle of it but also i think the value also a musician can give themselves you don't also have to always give the value to the fan i think value to the musician as i always say calvin you hear me saying this enough times is owning your master because that's valuing your own worth and knowing that your worth is going to continue forever Definitely. Thank you very much Definitely. for that. Um, yeah. Let's give you some time to check on the food. Uh, you said <laughs> you're you. also in the kitchen as well. So let me throw the same uh, question to Mr. Dennis. Dennis, I mean, you've worked with some of the most successful guys in the game over the years. And we've seen some of the very valuable deals that you guys have been able to sign Uh very impactful as well, I have to say. So many of the deeds that you guys have done. How did you guys arrive at being able to value yourself, uh, you guys, as a business, as, you know, when you think about Femi One, this is how we're going to value her. When we're going for this endorsement, when we're going for this show, let's say no to this or that. How, how did you guys get to that? Thank you, Calvin. Um, so what I can say is this. Uh, I think uh, Aniko and Wengeshi have really uh, detailed everything towards the question. But I want to take it back. And um, uh, what I'll say is before an artist thinks about value, they need to ask themselves what type of artist would they want to be? Because the value comes from there. So one is... Um, you have to have a plan. Uh, you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, a strategy on how you want to become that artist first. For you to identify yourself as Calvin the rapper, you have to know what type of rapper you want to be, what type of um, uh, uh, strategy you want to use to become that person. Then from there now, you ask yourself, so what value am I bringing to the table? Because remember, we have a lot of artists across the world. So what value are you going to bring to the table? And what what different uh, narrative or different um, uh, pricing or different, uh, let me just use the word value again, are you going to bring to the table? So once you recognize that, then you'll be able to know exactly what is your audience, what is your market, how do you distribute music, how is music distributed. You will be disciplined, you won't be late for uh, meetings or interviews, etc. You will know how to distribute music on radio. You know how streaming royalties and ATC pay you. You know which bodies to sign up with. You know you'll know how to even manage yourself and your income as it comes. You will even know the right people to work with because you know the, their strengths and their weaknesses. So if you don't know the value, or rather, if you don't know who you are as a person first before you become that artist, then uh, definitely you will not become a successful artist. Uh, then it's 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 a it's 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 a law of attraction thing. So if you value yourself as an artist, if you put yourself uh, in a place where people see 
a lot of potential in you, then brands and uh, big companies or corporates will come towards you or rather will want to work with you. So it's just the way you place yourself. But remember, the key thing is you have to have a plan and strategy on how you want to, you know, to do this. If it's your full-time job, how are you going to do it? And what formulas or strategies are you going to use to become who you are today? What do you, what you, what you want to become tomorrow? Yeah, so I will start from there. Like before you become an artist, before you become a brand, uh, an influencer, before you become a painter, before you become a stand-up comedian, what what are your what are your foundations? So what do you stand for? Are you disciplined? Uh, are you doing this for fun? Are you want to do this uh, for a longer period? Then from there now, figure out now the pricing bit. But again, you have to have a strategy. You have to have a formula. Work with the right people and put yourself in positions where now these brands are going to work with you. Thank you. Dennis, uh, thank you very much for that. You've articulated it very well. Now, um, what are some of the don'ts that you wouldn't tell an artist to do uh, if they're talking to a brand or before they sign a deal or something? What are some of the things they shouldn't? Because you've articulated the things to do very well. What are some of the things on this other side that they shouldn't do at all? Uh, Don't get too excited about the money. Don't think about the money when you're on the table. Don't think about how you're going to spend the money you're going to earn. Don't think about how popular your, your name is going to be once you sign this 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 deal or this contract you're about to put yourself into. Think about what value are you giving to the brand and what value is the brand giving you back. So one, people get excited because when you get a call from Trace and Trace say, tell you, you're Calvin, uh, we know you're a big rapper in Kenya. I want you to be the face of Trace this Africa. The first thing you think about is how much millions you're going to make. Um, and that's the first mistake so many brands do. Um, the question should be, what value am I giving to Trace uh, in return for them to pay me a certain amount of money for being for being their face of or, or, or brand ambassador? Uh, number two, be very professional. Just don't go and negotiate uh, or rather talk um, to these corporates as an artist. Tag along your lawyers, tag along your managers, tag along people who've done it before. Uh, people who are experienced in that area, people who can advise you on the right things to do, people who can actually ask the right questions on the table. Number three, you need to be patient. Be very patient. Some of us get too excited and, you know, you want to work with this brand and you want to run with it. And then uh, at the end of the day, you know, you get shortchanged. Um, you, you get a very bad uh, engagement and after a short time, you're regretting why you signed it, you know. So so maybe those are the three things I can say, Calvin. Um, and um, I believe we, I, I was talking to someone today, I was telling them, uh, we've, we've really grown as artists in Kenya. There's a really, really a big growth in terms of how we look at values and how we look at contracts that we are given by corporates. And this other side, for the corporate side, there's a, there's very, a very big, large goodwill because there are a lot of corporates which um, you know, are looking forward to working with Kenyan artists. A lot of corporates which are, are looking forward to working with Kenyan brands, which is a good thing. If 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 I take you back to five years when we, we were doing this, it was, you know, we, we were knocking doors. But, you know, these days it's, it's the other way around. We see a lot of influencers, a lot of brands just using people and um, no names to push push uh, the, the, the products, which is good. Thank you, Calvin. Thank you very much for that. Wangeshi, I've got a question for you uh, with what Dennis has just said. And... Um, mm. Having had conversations with so many uh, different artists in the industry, I'd be keen to ask you, at what point, you know, when you were coming up in the industry, did you think to yourself, you know what, I actually need a lawyer? Uh-huh. That's a very good question, actually. Um, when did I actually think I need a lawyer? 
luckily, I don't know if it's luckily or whether it's not luckily, my mom is a lawyer. So I could really pass on the contracts to her and have her investigate and see exactly what's happening inside here. But the first time I did a serious lawyer, not that my mom is not a serious lawyer, but the first time I did a lawyer, lawyer to represent me was during the techno case that I had to face where they had used my image for their own advertisements. That's the first time I reached out to an old lawyer and was like, um, I think my image is being used without me getting any amount of reimbursement or money from it. That was the first time. Thank you. Uh, Dennis, back to you, because, I mean, you've been in the industry and uh, worked with so many different guys. So, you know, I get sent a lot of music and so do my co-presenters at Trace and, of course, the production team as well. Some of these cuts are just hungry to get airplay, right? They just want their song playing on the radio and they probably will sign a deal here, there and all of that. And most of them can't even afford lawyers. How would you tell them to go about it? Um, if you're really serious about your art, then you'll afford a lawyer. Um, what I tell artists, because uh, I get a lot of calls uh, for people from, from artists or people who want me to work with them. And what I tell them is this, if you're really serious about your art, if you're really serious about becoming a big artist, then you'll do all you can to ensure that you'll be successful in your art. So if you, if, if you, if you really take this art uh, seriously, and if you want to prosper and earn something from it and make it your bread and butter, then you can actually find a way. And this, the, the industry has a lot of experience and you, uh, you can find a lot of people who are able to do things pro bono. Uh, a lot of people who uh, are lawyers, managers, uh, publicists, a lot of people who are willing to just help and uh, are willing to give themselves out to just help the industry. So they're there. It's just about, it's just for you to just decide that I'm going to do this and look for these people, yeah. So it's not about the money. It's how hungry are you for you to grow and become a big artist. Thank you, Calvin. Thanks. Thanks for that. Guys, before we proceed on to the next question, uh, if you have any questions based upon what we've just been discussing, so if also you're just joining in, of course, welcome to the Trace East Africa, Eastern Africa Twitter space. We're talking about artists being able to understand their worth. And the first uh, subject has been to do with, uh, you know, how you're able to value your work, your time and services. So guys, if you have any questions, shoot. All right, so I'm being told that we actually have giveaways to give um, to give out. So I'll be telling you guys all about that in just a bit. It's airtime. We've got a how much is it? About a thousand bob, something like that. Yeah. So I'll tell you how you can win that airtime or courtesy of tracing just a bit. So now on to the second thing. Now this is something that I myself also want to learn. And as much as um, you know, I've worked with different brands and everything, I am keen to hear from the pros today. And I want to start with Aniko because, Aniko, you have spoken at so many different conferences and even told uh, artists, businesses on how to build brands. How would you go about it? You know, from the very basic of things, how would you start? I think how I always start, even, how, even when I meet um, artists who... I'm making a request to work with me. The first question, and I always want to also be able to speak to them directly, especially now um, with COVID, you don't have everybody traveling and coming down like they used to. So it started to become an, a normal thing to be doing like a rem, uh, an entire media tour, which is remote. So you don't actually meet this artist. You don't actually sit down and know or feel their vibe or know who they are. 
but I always try to 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 understand like who are you because um, there's always a perception that is out there about certain artists or certain people. But then um, it's really great to get to the bottom of it for you to be, able to be able to ask yourself who you are. So if you can answer this for yourself, the next question will be like, um, who are my fans? Because when you're an artist and, and um, those who are like rising artists, they always have um, kind of this insecurity like, oh, no, I'm not... Saudi soul I'm not King Kaka you know I don't I'm not Wangeshi I don't have many fans but you do have fans you always have fans even your sisters are your fans your family are your fans and I always say like you could never get to a certain level before I mean charity begins at home let me say it like that so if the people in your hood your neighbors those are the people who have listened to you or have been encouraging you or have seen you uh, perform your craft or do your thing those are your fans so you sh- you need to start considering like oh I'm speaking to these people then the next question would be uh, what am I speaking about what am I writing about what am I communicating and you'll find um, even when you look at different artists like when you listen to the type of things they sing about like you can tell certain people are singing from I don't know certain experiences or have um, I don't know, their hood that they grew up in and they're always trying to represent that hood or some rappers are always singing about being in the club and partying and all that. So you need to ask yourself, who, 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 what do you want to um, speak to? What do you want to write about? What is your story or what is your narrative? I'm going to ask that. There are certain artists who also come out and even when they meet PR, they say something like, I just want to be on Trace. I just want to do an interview uh, with Calvin. But I'm, uh, I would uh, push those sort of artists and ask you, so what happens after Calvin has already interviewed you? You know, what are you going to do next? Where are you going to go? Um, who is your main target audience? Who is your fan base? So you always have to ask yourself all these questions. And as you answer the questions, then you fill in the gaps as to who you are and as to how you're going to build a brand because all these different answers to these questions are all the moving parts that you're going to put together in building your brand because your brand has to be authentic to who you are it has to be unique to who you are and it has to speak to somebody it has to be um uh communicating to some other people it has to be at another level that um it is so believable and that people are not going to say, oh, Calvin just sounds like Aniko or Aniko just sounds like Calvin. Like what makes Calvin unique or what makes Aniko unique? There's so many other publicists, there's so many other artists, but what makes you individually unique? If you were to go and perform somewhere else, what are you going to do different um, than all the other people who are still going to perform there? And most times you ask an artist that question or somebody and they look at you like, oh, Okay, because they're very basic questions, but you find people don't spend time to speak to themselves and ask themselves this or to speak together with their team. So I would say that all these um, weird questions, like asking yourself, who am I? Who are my fans? What am I talking about? 
who is my target they're they're very important and if if you wish you could have like a whiteboard and write it down you could have your notebook i always find like when you write things on a notebook you sort of internalize them and after you've put this together i think this is where now you come down to to starting to build your brand and i like everything wangeshi and um um, and, and Danny said um, there needs to be a strategy, but even if you have a strategy and you haven't figured out um, who you are, what you want to speak, then it's not going to work. So after you put together your strategy, that's when you start to put together um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever things that will help to communicate your brand. Um, I listed a couple of things and I could just like read them out really quick. Like you definitely need a bio you need um or a profile and you need to have it updated this is the most basic thing um that you could have and i feel like at some time some artists also don't haven't put this together because they feel like oh no i haven't um accomplished so much or i'm not as established i haven't won any awards but it's fine it doesn't have to be i don't know 10 pages or whatever it can even be half a page and uh, i'm finding more and more um, as we advance in ways of communication, more and more people are requiring even shorter bios. So now even someone will say, send me a bio and send me a shorter one. So you should have like a 150 word bio and I don't know, another one pager, but you should not stress that I don't have a word or whatever, or whatever. Um, a bio should basically just communicate who you are um like what is your artist name um what 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 what's the genres um that you probably sing about or what's the work you do as a creative you know everybody needs a a bio it's not like you have to be a musician to have a bio if you're an a painter you need to have a bio if you're a podcaster you need to have a bio if you're a videographer if you're a photographer Anybody in the industry, if you're, if, if you're a fashion stylist, you should have a bio because what's going to happen is there will be opportunities um, for creatives. And then someone says, um, I know a really great uh, podcaster, and, but the people who um, are being told about you, they've actually never had your podcast. They maybe don't even have time to go listen to that specific point. It would be really good you know, to send just a half a page or something to show this is my podcast these are all the links where you can stream it um this is my the reach i have so far or whatever or if you're an upcoming artist and you're trying to put together your profile or your bio and you find that um well you haven't won all the awards or whatever but you probably maybe had one or two gigs somewhere where you are cutting raising for whoever you know you can add those in there um if you recorded one song and put it on your SoundCloud and it's not even on YouTube, you can put it there. So there's always small things here and, and there that can be added in the bio, even if you're not as established, even your inspirations, um, I don't know, some of the artists who you've been looking up to. So that's a basic, you have to have a bio. There's no two ways about that. And then we're living in a, a point in time where um, your image is everything and um, social media has taken precedence. It's not like those days when people used to meet artists and say, oh, send me your website. Nobody even asks for a website anymore. Um, nobody asks for business cards anymore. People just say, what is your Instagram handle or what is your social media handle? 
And um, because social media has also become so busy and so noisy and all these ads and I don't know what, um, some artists are also finding that they're, they're, they're not um, finding the peace they used to before. And they feel like, what am I doing here on social media? Like, I should just come out. Sometimes I'm posting some things. Nobody's commenting. It's okay. Just continue posting. It doesn't matter if nobody's commenting because somebody is uh, probably seeing. And if they're not seeing now and you have proper content on your social media, when somebody comes in later, even to scroll down and see, hey, let me see what this artist is about, they would be able to see, okay, he looks good. See these images or whatever. But you can't have like... um not quality images on your social media, on your bio or whatever else out there. Like you really have to go and do your photo shoots uh, from time to time. And even uh, recently, I was just looking around, like seeing what are the rates out for, um, you know, doing quick photo shoots and whatever. And with as little as 10K, you can get really proper photo shoots and get, I don't know, like four great professional photos from, um, you know, from studios like even Lyra Oko Studio. Like I was even checking her website the other day and I was like, okay, this is not bad. And that deal comes together with, um, uh, I think, with the makeup artist already. So shout it's out, not like... Them... Yeah, by I know, Stenos right? Road, by the way, yeah. So it's not like there's no ways of getting these things done, but you find some artists still using, I don't know, pictures from three years ago. You really can't be doing that but if you are still doing that using pictures from three years ago if they are good images that is okay because what you can also do you can do one photo shoot and have i don't know six dope pictures and decide i'm gonna use this so six dope pictures in the period of the next two years it's possible so if you have like one great uh outfit and it, it had five images you could be using those different five images in a span of one year and then next year use another one but I'm just saying the the, the images ha have to be good. They have to be striking. They have to be high res. They cannot be low res because when you send them out also to media, they really can't put them out on various press or even put them on the newspaper if it is not of high quality. And then we go next to um, your video content and your social media presence and also your uh, and also your presence on various streaming platforms. Um, one thing about brand building is visibility. It is not possible to build a brand and you're not possible. We can't see you. We can't hear you. You are not available. So you have to make sure um, you are available in one way or the other. It is not a must for you to be on all the social media platforms, all the streaming platforms and all of that, but you must be able to be found somehow. Um, it's, it's, it, um, and sometimes I find this well, one problem that uh, happens a lot when um, an artist or artists are releasing content and the content is not being released um, simultaneously across platforms. You always lose um, on the, the power of pushing it out at the same time when you're releasing the content, when you're, when you're not releasing simultaneously. Or sometimes you find an artist writing on their social media like, hey, I have a video um, out on YouTube or whatever. Then you go uh, to Boomplay, to Apple and Spotify looking for the, this song and you can't find it. And then you come back again a week later, you can't find it. You're like, hey, what's happening? Then you come back like, Two months or a month later, you find it was there. So you find that there's um, um, there's kind of inconsistencies in in the way you're communicating. So you also need to 
work on that as you build your brand that whatever your your means of communication your way of showing up and showing out is consistent um and the consistency also should come in the type of quality or of the way you communicate so it's not consistency i think people sometimes confuse consistency to to think that to be consistent is to to be um, um it's like it's it's like to 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 be out there so much but not necessarily you know you could be coming over to post on your platform like once in two weeks but you're consistent with what you're communicating the consistency is not only that you're posting every monday or tuesday but it could be also consistency in your style in the way your images look or the way you communicate or in your kind of sound or in the kind of way you communicate when you go to the radio stations or the way you um, say something when you start to rap on your record or to sing and it, it becomes consistent in the sense that when someone is crawling say on IG and they see an image they're like oh I know this is um, Blinky already even before I read so much I know this is a photo shoot of Blinky because this just looks like his vibe or you're listening to the radio station and it's a new song and you're like wow this must be a song from Soul Gen because they have this stamp of, um, or they have this vibe that it's so um, authentic and it's been very consistent that the moment I just listen, I know it is them. That's when you know you're doing something in the way you're building your brand in the sense that if someone sees um, Dennis, they're like, oh, okay, it's that label boss. It's that guy who's you know, pushing artists, who's making superstars. Or if someone sees Wange, she's like, okay, She's one of the dopest because anything she does, you know, it is dope. You've never had her rap. And sometimes it's like, oh, she's falling down and it's, she's not delivering. Like she's always delivering. So anytime you hear her rap, even if she's not going to say her name or it's a brand new song, you know, okay, that must be Wangeshi. Now, you know, you're doing something um, in your brand building. And the last thing I will say before I, I, I finish my point is the patience is very important and um, the patience and consistency is very important. And at the end, this is what will give you longevity. Because a lot of artists uh, sometimes are frustrated and feel like, okay, I've been doing this for five years. You know, people still ask me, who am I? Or people still, I'm still not number one somewhere. Um, I don't know why. Like people even ask me questions like, why have you done my PR three times and I've still not been booked for a gig in Kenya? I don't know why, man. I really don't know. You should be asking your fans directly, probably on, on, on Twitter, and they'll maybe answer you and, and say, or maybe say, oh, I'm looking for promoters or something. My job is to do your PR. My job is to connect you out there with the uh, right media platforms, put, put your music out there. That's what we did. And if, if, if it's not showing you uh, additional value at a certain point in time, it doesn't mean it's not a valuable thing that you have been doing. So do not give up because sometimes it takes a very long time to see results. It sometimes takes even more than five years and sometimes even up to 10. And when someone hears this, they're like, what? Hey, me, I'm not going to wait for 10 years. But that's that's just how it is. Even my personal journey, you know, being a publicist, just working with various artists, even in Saudi. So, you know, we or I remember for us seeing that real success after such a long period. It was probably after eight years or something. 
but you're just starting out. You've just been in the industry for three years. You know, you, you really don't have um, room to give up right now or room to say, I already spent um, the last two years shooting videos. So I'm not even going to spend again in shooting another video or something. So just know that, um, like I said before, this takes time. This takes a whole lot of money and um, this takes just a whole lot of patience and there's no other way about it. But if you continue to work hard and put in whatever you can in yourself, in your craft, and you do it consistently, in the end, you'll, you'll build a trustworthy brand. And in the end, I promise you, you'll be making money off that. There's no hard work. There's no proper brand that has ever been built that does not make money or that, that does not uh, cash out from the value that it has created for itself. Wow. That is why... You are East Africa's leading entertainment publicist right there. Amen. Hey, 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 listen. You can't pay for that. You can't pay for that. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, anybody who's just looking in right now, of course, we're talking about, you know, brand and how to build a brand. I love it. Now, I told you guys about airtime earlier. Listen, a thousand shillings, I've got a lot of airtime. Not a thousand shillings, I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of airtime. All you simply have to do is, is share some of the gems for those guys who are not on the space right now for them to come through. And I, uh, so that we're able to locate some of these winners. And I've actually just been told we've got a winner. I'll get to it just now. Make sure that you're using the hashtag, uh, the hashtag for, you know, for the trace open. And make sure you also tag at trace East africa yes make sure you tag you tag us at trace east africa and of course share some of the gems like for me right now me i'm writing notes up a v banner aniko you said to be consistent is not you always been out there all the damn time you know what i'm saying correct correct i love that i love that i really really love that so guys make sure you do that and of course like i've just said we're going to randomly pick a whole bunch of winners and uh the first winner is actually agnes nonsizi agnes nonsizi you're the first winner for a thousand shillings worth of airtime worth of safari airtime. so we're going to continue doing that so as much as you're sharing randomly let's keep doing that now on to the next speaker wangeshi We've um, spoken about branding before, myself, uh, we were on the show, we've been on the podcast before we've spoken about this. And I love what Aniko was saying, you know, brand, profile, bio, updating all of this, the photo shoots and everything. But one thing stood out for me, and I think I was asking you about it the other day, when you used to say your name, Wangeshi, that was branding right there. Nobody else says their name like that. Mm-hmm. remember that yeah i so remember yeah yeah that's part and parcel of you know branding and all of that so when you were thinking about wangeshi the rapper what were some of those things that you know you thought about okay let me approach it like this and i want you to answer the question from you know those days when you were in the choir mm-hmm. in high school and now thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to finish high school. I'll go to uni. I'm going to do this thing where I'm rapping, I'm songwriting. How did you mm-hmm. think about the brand when you were crafting it? Luckily enough, when I did start out with music, I had like management around me. So I think that's also something about valuing your worth is to get trustworthy people around you who can allow you to envision yourself higher than you do for you. So as being somebody who's just come out from high school and entering into university, you, you don't see yourself the same way other people would see you. So 
part of branding came from the management that was behind me at that time. But I'd say one thing, like the Wangeshi thing was, it's just a creative, it's a creative anotone that I was using at that point. And it helped me show up into every track as the person that I am. And right now, I'd say my brand building has come through knowing my fan base better, knowing what I need to do better. And just when you've been here for long enough, you get a better understanding of how the industry does work, Calvin. 100%, 100%, I agree with you. So what are some of the things that you do right now that are... Mm that make you stand out i mean okay let's let's talk about it you took a hiatus and mm-hmm. um you were concentrating on other things and thinking okay cool i'll come back like this i'll change this i'll change that what are mm-hmm. some of the things that you've changed in the brand that you did in the yesteryears that you're not doing now um i'd say even like aniko had pointed at this point out about burnout and i think part of the hiatus was coming from burnout of doing everything that needed to be done by yourself and not really having a team around that to do it because you can't be the same artist singing in the studio and the same artist who's contacting the radio stations to tell them, oh, I have a song out and all that thing. So that was the burnout that was there. But the difference between the brand that was there before and right now is you had to tweak a, you had to tweak so many things to be able to appeal to the current fan base which is like 18 to 24 so you have to understand what would these people want what would they what would they like so that would come in like if you're dropping a fast song the way i did is to pull in a, a group that's already inside that fan base and to flow with them so that you can be introduced to a whole new one so my new brand approach is to find out what the kids not the kids i can't call them kids really find out what the new fan base likes and figure out a way to bring out your brand into their liking so it's changed a lot of things as you've seen i've changed my hair i have changed how i do rap and how i do approach the crowd and everything like that so as a, I, I realize as an artist you have to keep on going with the times and your brand also has to keep on evolving with the times that are there are you afraid you're going to get to a point where you won't be able to know the times that are there I point where I wouldn't know that times are there. I'm at the times yeah. are changing. No, because you know a lot of people, um, let's talk mm-hmm. about the industry right mm-hmm. now. There's guys mm-hmm. who, you know, who were signed to Ogopa mm-hmm. back in the day, to Caliph and to all of those. And you mm-hmm. listen to the music, it's still the same way it sounded when Clermont was in Caliph. You get? Mm-hmm. And not being able to change with the times. Um, are you afraid you, you may get to that point and you're not aware that you're at that point? I feel like I would get to a point where I'm not aware that I'm at that point. But then also you need to have, um, I think, build relationships around you that will allow you to trans to transfuse through the different eras that are going to be here in the Kenyan industry. And if you also reach a point where you can't really tap into that um, demographic, I think sometimes, Calvin, you have to put down your gloves and say, it's been a great run. Nihayo tukwa sasa. You've done what you need to do, and now it's just time for you to go into another thing that you can do. All right. Thank you very much. All righty, guys. So remember, once again, we're posting out all the tweets, all of those gems that we're getting today. Um, Personal shout-out to Aniko. I'm seeing Masi, who's over here listening. Shout-out to Tetich. says that... Well, uh, it says that Wangeshi is so dope and Nico is so passionate. Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. Thank you. Yes. Let's keep <laughs> all of that going on. All righty. So now on to Mr. King. Uh, what, what would I call it? Mr. Kaka Entertainment. You guys have built 
such a huge brand. I, I can't, I don't know. Let, let's start with uh, this, Dennis. Dennis, how many passports have you guys been able to Maliza right now? <laughs> Ask me another question, Calvin. <laughs> On to the next one. <laughs> yeah, okay. So tell us about brands, man. So how were you guys able to create the brand uh, for King Kaka, for Femi, when you guys have had, uh, when you guys were even thinking, you know what, let's have a freestyle that's never been done, all females, all of these different kind of things that you guys have done in the game that were not, that hadn't been done before, you know, out of the box and all of that. Thank you. Um, it's basics, basically. Um, as I said, you just need a plan. You just need to know where you want to be in the next 12 months, square down to six, come down to one month, get down to four weeks, then day by day, build the brand from there. So if you don't have a plan of where you want to be, then there's no way you're headed. It's like you, it's like those, there's an African saying that says, um, a confused human being runs around like a headless chicken. Yeah. So it's the same thing with, with building brands. So if you don't have a plan, you'll be always circling around and running around and not figuring out what you want to do in life, uh, in your artistic life. Uh, number two, um, I normally emphasize a lot on this is you just need the right team. Your team makes who you are as an artist. Your team determines how successful you're going to be and where the levels you're going to reach as an artist. If you don't have a solid team, then there's no way you're going. And then with that team, you have to be very patient because as you grow as an artist, your team also grows in terms of experience. So if you're not able to be patient with them and grow with them, then you'll be jumping from one manager, one publicist to another, and there's no growth you'll have because every single step you're going to make, you're going to look back at the team and ask yourself, ah, I think I've become bigger than this guy. I need to move to someone else. So you need to be very patient because it's like you raising up a child. Um, they say the parent knows the child's best, even if uh, the child spends most of the time in school with the teachers. So the parents actually know that child best. So it's the same thing with an artist. Your team knows you. They understand your personality. They understand how you create music. They understand, you know, the levels of creativity you can get to when you're tired, when you're, when you're at your best. So uh, number two, the team is is very critical for you to just uh, be successful. And uh, most and uh, most importantly is just you just need to be disciplined. If you don't have discipline in all areas of your life, there's no way you're going. So if you're not disciplined in terms of you as an individual and what you're doing day to day, then then you'll fail. Yeah. So so yeah. So those three things, and uh, of course. Don't just work with uh, uh, people you think, uh, or other people who are your friends. Uh, ask yourself what what uh, type of um, let me use the word value again. Do they bring to your brand? Uh, are they good in networking? Are they good in uh, you know sales? Are they good in uh, law staff contracts? Are they good in understanding what and uh, goes around the industry do they know are they always up to date with news and all the trends that are that are there are they good in fashion if it's a stylist do they know how to you know put colors together and you know look good do they know what is the current um you know uh type of clothes people are wearing these days so so just don't work with anyone but again you need to be very patient with the people you grow with because when you grow, they grow. And when they grow, you grow. Um, and of course, just be patient. So, so many artists these days are not patient, especially uh, sometimes you get an artist who's done a song and we can we can put a list of a lot of artists. The song becomes very big. After six to three months, they're nowhere to be seen. 
it's because they are not patient you know uh, the 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 fame and uh, the hit song they had got into them and they forgot that you know what i actually have a chance to be bigger than this song bigger than what the state i'm in right now and i need to build a team around me so the team determines a lot actually your team is basically your spine it's basically your backbone if your team is weak then your art is weak and your brand is weak and you'll fall down any time and you know disappear from from the scene thank you calvin thank you dennis now you mentioned something that uh I feel that is quite slept on and you've been in the position that you are love for you to go a bit in depth discipline what does it exactly mean what should it look like uh from the guy who's on the come up to the person who's already signing all of these multi-million deals what should discipline entail how should it be and how should it keep being yeah you, you get what i mean i think galvin um so discipline uh, basically is you as an individual first so what are the things you do day to day uh to master your art to be that person you want to be so what time do you wake up in the morning how do you dress when you're going out to see people or you're going to events etc uh what type of language do you use on your social media what type of things or content do you actually post online how disciplined are you in terms of researching and knowing how can i grow as an artist what are the rates uh, not rates really what are the percentages what are the laws uh, that pertain to the music industry in kenya who are the people in charge who should i know who should i uh, follow you know so discipline first starts with you as an individual then uh, revolves into now the brand so if you as an individual not disciplined then your brand will not be dis- disciplined uh, aniko talked about uh, being early for interviews being on time um i i like for example an example of uh, joe john falme you'll give john falme a gig he'll show up uh, 45 one hour before just pure discipline so it starts with just him as an individual um as an artist you also need to look good uh you need to dress well you need to have you know fresh cuts you know good hairstyles so how healthy are you are you exercising are you eating right um are you reading the right types of books you know so discipline starts with you as an individual then it's just this the basics and i tell this to people is sometimes we really focus on the big brand we want to be then we forget about the steps that will take us to that big brand so we really want to be disciplined but we 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 don't really ask ourselves what are the steps um that one should take for me to be that disciplined guy or that disciplined brand that is out there there and that is a key thing like you as a person so what are you doing day to day um are you even speaking to yourself right do you affirm yourself do you motivate yourself like do you believe in what you're doing so that's discipline yeah yeah and then from there now everything will fall into place I hope I've answered your question Calvin thank you very much um you've mentioned something very important you said you know exercise and making sure that you dress well all of those things now i have to note that uh, femi one is in the building and you happen to work with her quite a bit you did mention one more thing reading the right books what book is femi one currently reading i don't know calvin <laughs> maybe she should tell us what she's reading right now <laughs> new tokozi too thanks man <laughs> now um thank you thank you thank you shout out to everybody who's uh tweeting out um, i can see a lot of people coming through on the twitter handle atuo waroe too thank you very much saying that uh 
the level of insight over here is quite, quite good. So let's keep all of the tweets going out. Remember, like I said, we've got a lot of airtime to give away. So if you really need some airtime, just make sure you tweet out something that Dennis Wangeshi and Nico has said. Make sure you tag a Trace East Africa and we'll be nice. So let's keep it moving. So it's now six minutes past nine o'clock. I want us to now go into something that has been highlighted by literally every speaker in the previous uh you know, the comments that they've made, the importance of having the right team. Now, Wangeshi, I want to start with you. In terms of the right team, I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, someone sent me a message and they were like, listen, Wangeshi's got a new song. She wants to come on the show. She wants to be on uh, her music playing on Trace and all of those. And they were very, uh, I may have forgotten to reply to the message day one. Day two, they called me again. They're like, okay, we want this and that. Uh, here are the pictures. Here's the song. Here's the clean edit. All of those. Clearly, you've got a good team that you're working with. What are some of the things to look out for when you're creating the right team? First of all, let me shout out Femi One for joining the space. It's been a long time. Uh, but to go to your team, I think the first thing you need to look for in somebody who's in your team is they first of all have to be a fan of your music, like big up fan, like Number one fan, they tell you what you've done right, what you've done wrong. So you need to also be people who listen to your music. It has to be also somebody who wants the best for you, no matter what, in any deal that they, they bring onto your table, any deal that they take out of your table. They need to be your own representative. Like, you can't split yourself into three people. So your team is literally your other two people who are going to be around you. So they have to know what, what brings value to you and what is going to be beneficial to you. So you can't have a team who just thinks about the money you have to have a team that also thinks about the brand around you. And the third thing, you also have to have a team that feels like family. Because I have this thing where if if I'm around you and I don't feel safe, I don't feel catered to, and I don't feel like you have my back, you can't be part of the team. You have to be a team where I call you at 6 a.m. and you're going to be there at 6 a.m. because you also believe in the Wangeshi brand at the same time as you believe in your own brand. So a team has to be all of those things put together. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. This has to be people who are rooting for you and are there to win with you at the same time. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Wangeshi, um, what would you say is the acid test for knowing? Listen, these are just yes, women and men around me. Guys will just say, yes, let's do this. Let's not question. Mm. What? How would you go about mm. knowing that this is a right fit? This is not someone who just says, yes, all damn day. Wow, that's a good thing. Acid test. Acid test was those litmus papers we used to use in high school. Yep. Um, so an acid test for me would be who shows up when you need them the most. Like it doesn't even have to be like an industry-related thing. It doesn't have to be a show thing. Like if I call you and I tell you um, I can't make it for this interview right now because I'm having a very bad homer, or let's say you're hungover, who shows up to be like, I'm going to come and pick and I'm going to drop you there. Who shows up when you need them the most? That's the acid test for it. When things are down to the what's it down to the wire, who's going to be there to lift you back up? That's my acid test. Would you go as far as going into the studio and um, probably you, you and just the producer and you produce a really work song and you're like, mm. let me play it for this particular person. And if they're just like, I need normal banner, you're just like, oh. Um... But no, as Calvin, as I was saying, they, they must be your fans. So I think surrounding yourself with the yes men is a problem that I can agree with. Um, so I wouldn't put them through that type of a test. I'll put you through a more when we're on ground, a test when we're on ground. Because music, I'll be my own litmus test for my own music. And I'd have some other people who are around that. So 
for management and a team around you, the litmus test is what happens on ground. All right, thank you. Now that we're uh, now as we're talking about uh, teams, before we even proceed, we've gotten a very very interesting question. Now, Dennis, this goes out to you. It says, please, uh, please ask Dennis how they manage to deal with conflict in the team because some. Um, you know, conflict is human, and this does happen quite a bit. Uh, thank you for the question. Um, uh, there's something that Rangeshi had mentioned uh, just now. Talked about family. So how we create our teams or how we build our teams at Kaka Empire is we don't just work with anyone. We create a family around us. And as you know, if any of you have siblings, for the siblings that you have you when you were young, you were always fighting. Either you were fighting for the remote, you were fighting for the favorite plate, the spoon. So conflicts would always arise. Um, but the one key thing is we know the, the, the goal that you want to reach. We know that what you're building is the brand and what you're fighting for is the brand. So when it comes to conflict, at the end of the day, we just remind ourselves we are doing this because of the brand. We're doing this because we want to grow uh, you know, as a brand, as, as a company. So there's a way we just solve conflicts. And once a conflict occurs in the office or within other working spaces, it ends there. So we talk about it and it ends. And believe me, conflict will always be there. And especially if there's growth, uh, you guys will fight a lot. And if you're fighting for the right reasons, then that's good. That's a good thing. So conflict will always be there. But again, you remember that it is not any, it's not personal. It's just purely work and we have to grow together and conflict has to be there. Thank you. Well put, well put. Where there's growth, there's bound to be conflict. I like that. Very well put. Now, uh, moving on to Nico. You've worked with the right team. You've been able to go outside of working with, um, you know, Saudi Soul at, um, you know, at a point where they were growing and everything and going on to establish yourself, you know, and Nico PR and all of that and having the right team. How did you go mm. about that? I think if, if I could start with Saudi Soul, how I would say they came up with the right team from the beginning was picking um, similar minded individuals picking those who are so supportive. So I will go with the point um, Wangeshi said that, first of all, this person, these people, they need to be your fan. Um, you don't want somebody to be in your team and, I don't know, they've not even heard your songs. They are not even sure which album came out which year. You know, these are your representatives, even when you can't make it like to meetings and all that, they're the ones who are supposed to be speaking for you and i feel like um with the creative space and with artists it's not like any uh nine to five job that you come in and they share with you files and say oh this is the project here the files this is how we do things in this company um i think that's way easier but with the artists it, you really have to take a, a passionate approach if you're going to have a successful team um so i i would say that's the first thing that um, we looked into for Saudi so when they were coming up with the team. And I also found it interesting that they were always looking for different type of skill. And I remember even from the very beginning when um, their first manager, um, who was from Netherlands, Ninka, had to leave Kenya. She had to go back um, to the Netherlands because her mom was sick and she had to go take over like the family business. That's actually why she ended up leaving Kenya. I remember... Saudi so constantly, um, you know, looking and wanting to find that person to fill that spot. And there was a period where there were several managers who came in and, um, you know, they tried them out, tried and tested. Everybody came in. There was a challenge here and there. And then 
they were like, okay, we want you, to, we, they used to task the managers who you, who would come like, oh, we wanted to do this sort of big show with this type of, um, I don't know, audience or reach. So we want you to set up that show for us. Like there's, they were always giving, giving a challenge. And I, I feel like even for me as um, someone who worked as their publicist, and I'm still working as their publicist, by the way, um, they always have been challenging me. Like even with the releases that we used to have, they would say for this specific release, we want you to do it this specific way. Like for instance, for what is the, oh my God, I'm, am I forgetting the names of the songs now? Like for Surayako, um, the song itself it was like very kind of street or very kind of mainstream in the sense that it would make the most sense to anyone, even if it's a village or something, you know, it didn't have um, that vibe that this is just an urban song. And I remember when we were releasing um, Surayako, they were like, we want you to make sure this song reaches all the grassroots people and streets and um, stations and even the vernacular stations. So one thing about Saudi Soul, um, and it's unfortunate that, Maybe some of these things haven't come out that way, but I feel like there's still room to continue, you know, building their brand and communicating who they are. One thing about them is they're very uh, great at knowing ex the exact skill that they need and they go for it in the sense that the people who work around them or some someone who wants to come into the team, they'll be very good to, uh, they'll be the first to direct you and say, we want you to do exactly this. And I found that very helpful, especially with somebody like me who didn't set out to be a publicist or to be running an agent, PR agency. You know, I was just a friend who um, is a journalist and who's passionate about them and who's willing to help. So really, my growth in the in the PR space was very much shaped by working with them and having them direct me and say we need you to do it like this because we know you can do it like this and then eventually I picked a lot of things having worked with them you know having worked in a big team having worked in an international team because there's always travel you know across um, East Africa and I don't know beyond like we had a lot of shows in Europe um, and all that. And there's always like other tour managers, other managers um, from other regions, other publicists, you know, other media. So um, with their growth, the, the I, I was also growing and the team would also be growing. So I picked up a lot of things along the way. And even when I was starting my own team, I had an idea like this is how to build a team. This is who I want. This is how I want the things to run. But at the end, I would say when you're picking out your team, look for somebody who knows you, who's interested in what you do, who's a little passionate about you or, or has a lot of passion um, around you. Um, they um, also need to have some sort of skill. I think the passion and the interest is not enough. You know, someone can't come to you and say, I want to be your, your, your manager. Um, and I want to be your manager because I'm very passionate about you. <laughs> and then you ask them, okay, what's the plan? What's the strategy? Like, well, how are we going to make money? And they're like, um, I actually don't know. So at the end of the day, like um, you can only be as passionate as whatever, but you do need more skill on top of, of the passion. You need um, the actual knowledge and add, you also need the experience. And when you're starting out and you don't have the experience, it's fine. Just continue 
and you continue uh, building on the experience. And for those who are established, if you're looking for a team, try find you know those who are experienced. And if you know you're taking in somebody who doesn't have the experience but is very passionate at it, you also have to work towards helping to elevate them, helping to expose them and also helping by training them. It's not just taking people into your team and expecting them to work miracles, but you're also not providing the opportunity for them. So if you're an artist and you just picked like a new publicist or a new manager or whatever, and there's an opportunity to go places, to go for meetings, to, I don't know, go for trainings, to attend some online uh, lessons or whatever, um, ask them to join you or travel with them if you can. Maybe they're not paying for um, their flight and they're paying for your flight. Maybe just pay for them just so that they can you know, travel with you and, and learn. And I think when the person or the people have the skill, then they also need to be professional. You know, we spoke about just how to present yourself. So your team represents you. So you can't be one artist who, or one creative or one uh, brand or the business that is looking a certain way, does things a certain, does things a certain way, um, is very impressive and all that. But when you, your team comes around, that is not um, what we see right so you can't walk into a meeting it's like um kinkaka and dennis walk into a meeting and i don't know dennis is uh, wearing those new balenciaga shoes i saw which look really confusing to me i'm just like how are these shoes this much um and then the other person is like dressed a certain way someone's like okay how how that this doesn't look like your manager you know as much as we, we are creatives and we want the creative control in terms of how we look and all that it will always boil down to the same image matters. You need to carry yourself a certain way. You need to dress a certain way, depending on where you're going. Don't go um, to a meeting with corporates like, um, and don't have your team also come there like dressed down or something. And I remember even I had to learn this on the job. I remember one time we're having, um, we're having an event uh, for Saudi. That was a long time ago, like probably six years ago. And it was like a, a, a all women event. And it was, um, I think it was an event about um, like just talking about um, like, uh, like sensitizing people on cancer. And um, I had been at that event from um, during the day, like helping set up and whatever. And I literally did not like carry clothes to change. I was just like dressed down and all that. And then it was a evening and all the ladies came out dressed so well. And I don't know what and I remember began calling me <laughs> and asking me, why are you looking like this? And I was like, um, because I've been here working the whole day. You know, I was here from morning and I've just been working and I didn't carry a change of clothes. And he was just like, uh, uh, that's not an excuse. Like you can never show up at our event looking like this again, because you represent us and you have to look the part just as much as we have to look the part, you know? And since that one day, like I've never gone anywhere, not thinking, okay, I'm going to be at work. I, I need to look this certain way. So it's the very same thing um, for you, even for your team members. It's not just them like sitting there and, and, and doing the work, but they also need to um, show up as, uh, and, and look a certain way. Um, and not just like they have to dress so well or whatever, but just for, the, just for it to be um, acceptable for the situation or for the event or for the um, place where you're going or meeting or whatever. And then it's also good to have a team that is um, genuine, that is trustworthy, that takes time to um, acknowledge maybe where things haven't gone right. Because I've found 
working with many teams over the the past several years is like there's always conflict when people don't want especially to accept um their fault or where things didn't go well and it's just like oh this wasn't done and it's just like okay shouting much and whose fault is it or whatever but I think I've also learned throughout the years that uh, what is most important when you're trying to solve conflicts is first of all to try and just relax try and ask yourself what wasn't done what didn't go well um, who dropped the ball and how can we fix this? Because uh, people shouting at each other, I don't know, for 30 minutes or uh, saying nasty things at each other is not going to help the situation, but actually to make it worse. So it's um, important for a team to also have kind of like a, 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 a very um, sane and respectful way of communication. And um, I, some teams also, I find that, I don't know, because somebody is the boss, like he's, uh, I don't know, the manager or he's the director or he's the head of HR or uh, she's the director of the company. Like someone feels like, oh, I can be shouting at people the whole day because I'm the boss or whatever. But I think that's not necessary. So I think the respect goes two ways. It's just like you don't um, expect that to be shouting at your team as an artist or as a boss of the company or whatever. And then that your team will be, I don't know, respecting you back. They'll probably not say anything back to you, but they will not be respecting you. So I think um, that is pretty much self-explanatory. And at Thank the end you. of the day, oh. last thing, last thing, very last thing, um, I think... Make sure that your team is delivering. Make sure they know what they need to deliver on. And at the end of the day, you also need to judge them on this because it's, it doesn't make sense to have a, a, a big team or a good team. They're looking good. They're doing their job. They love you. They're passionate. They have their skill, but they're not delivering. So they have to deliver at the end of the day. Calvin. Thank you. Thank you very much. Aniko, super passionate. I love that about you. Now, uh, we've gotten some people requesting to speak. I've got Nyamo and I've got Suleiman. Nyamo, you could proceed first. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is actually Nyambura. Sorry, that's my um, that's my Twitter, whatever. My bad. <laughs> um, no worries. So I work with artists as part of their team as PR and I've had some managerial roles. So Dennis spoke about the importance of having a team and I wanted to ask him and Aniko, um, as people who work with artists to build their brands, how can somebody tap into an artist that they're passionate about, but maybe that artist can't afford your services? And yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's my question. Dennis? I want to say ladies first. Aniko, you want to comment before I go? No, I think you should take it. I think <laughs> you're probably going to answer this better than me. You take it first. No worries. Okay. Yambura, are you willing to work for free? No, and that's, I think, the problem that <laughs> <laughs> often you want to help an artist, but you also have your own rates. You also have the time that it takes you. You have the skills that you've honed um, after many years in the industry. But you might find yourself in this conundrum where you ha have somebody who you're passionate about, they're interesting, um, they have the right kind of music, um, you believe in them. But how do you find a way to work together? Maybe if the money doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, thank you. So what I, I I work with a lot of also artists, or rather, not really work with, but um, help um, that are not uh, signed to the label. 
Uh, so I just share my experience. I share my wisdom of, of what I've, I've, I've gathered so far all these years I've been in the industry. So maybe that is what you could do. Instead of working for value, working for payment uh, in terms of uh, being paid for the services you offer, maybe you can just be sharing your insights and wisdom and experience uh, from the experience you have uh, with the artist so that they can grow. So I think that is what I can tell you. If you're really passionate about this person, um, yeah, you, I'm sure you, you can do that. Just share your knowledge, share your wisdom, you know, your experience and, and guide them to the right direction. Thank you. Yumbura, Thank you for that, that answer. Um, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that answer. And I wanted, if I could just add a follow-up really quickly. Is the only way to get, um, not to get money from an artist, that sounds terrible, but in order to work with an artist and to get paid, is the only way to get a percentage or do you sometimes also use like a flat out fee and perhaps um, I know Aniko personally, but I think she would also have some insight on this. Okay. I think I can take this up. Um, in the beginning, um, I, I will just answer with myself. In the beginning, I had sort of different rates for different things. And that's when I think the industry was pretty much very stable. And it's not like now everything is very unstable. Like there's a time when there was no um, remote media tours because that's one thing that I do a lot and my company does a lot. Like it was very standard that for a media tour, somebody would be coming here and it would be either for three days or five days or I don't know, somebody two weeks. So I used to have something like, this is what we charge um, for three days or for five days or for one week. But now things started changing so much in the industry. I don't know, someone would come and say, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm only going to be there for two days or I'll be there for one week and I only want to do two days or I only want to do two interviews. You know, well, how do you then handle that? Because then it's not fair to be charging them for the whole period. So I, 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 it took me some time, but I, I started to learn after um, a, a long period that Sometimes it's just good to customize these things for, for, for the artist coming or for whichever client is coming. And then for those who don't have um, the money and are not able to pay you, I always find another way of, um, of moving forward is like growing with them and even battering um, services or, or things with them because you find uh, or rather for me let me again speak about myself I never want to be idle I never want to not do anything and I never also want my company to be seen not to be doing anything so even all the things that we are promoting it's not all the artists who are promoting are actually paying us you know there are some who um, don't have the money but we like them and they're really great and they come through and say we don't have a budget for this but just uh, help us and we just need to interview then we're, we're gonna do them or sometimes they even come and say we only have 10k or we only have 5k please what can you do with this and we'll just do what we can with that or, or even if they don't have the money we'll do something and even in the past what happened there's another artist who um, maybe even I can say like Steph Capella who I, I, I really love is a very close friend um and i just love him like his music is really great um and when he put out like um his last album vicky secrets he came through to us like um actually it's it's his management that came through to us and said we would like you to um, assist us with the pr for this project but it's smack in the middle of covid you know we don't have any money that time nobody had any gigs even we did not have any gigs so we made an agreement like we're gonna do his PR on that project and 
in the future when we have like a gig or something is going to come and perform for us at no fee so there are various um things that you can battle with the artist maybe for you you can say okay i'm going to do your pr for a period of six months to see if you get any opportunity out there but if you do then i get a commission out of what you're paid and you can agree on the commission i think stand, standard commission rates like 20 percent, but it can be higher depending on what you're bringing to the table in this sense so much because the, the the artist maybe has nothing to give and you might even have to spend your money in doing some things for them. Um, I hope I've answered that well, but then we can always talk on the side because we know each other. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Aniko. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for the specificity in your answer and the different examples that you've given. I think it's really important to be able to barter services. Um, and I liked what you said about customization as well. So yes, I'll definitely hit you up on IM and thank you so much for the speakers. All righty. Thank you very much for that. Um, we're learning so much. Like I said, guys, keep tweeting. Well, we've just been getting a lot of guys asking so many different questions and all of that. But before we even proceed, we've got about 10 minutes or so before we wrap up. So we've got a couple of winners at that Afro Swag, at uh, DJ Trick or Trick, and Ace Your Lives. <laughs> Ace Your Lives. That's a dope twitter handle yeah man so make sure that you guys keep tweeting as well because it's all about trace east africa the hashtag that we're using is hashtag tts that stands for yeah it doesn't stand for something but it stands for twitter trace uh no uh, trace twitter space that's what it stands for now there's one question that keeps on coming up and i think i was having this conversation with uh one of my colleagues at um, Trace, and we were talking about this some time back. So, and this goes out to to Wangeshi, to Aniko, and to Dennis. Now, the industry as is, uh, there's a lot of disrespect by, you know, individuals, corporates, and all of that, when you tell them I've got a manager. Like, say, for instance, I know Kaka directly, Right. And most of the time, I'll call him directly. I'm guilty for that. And this does happen a lot. Should we get to a point where we train everybody in the industry to not call people directly, let the artists do what they do best, and we have to talk to their managers? Because a lot of people are at fault for that. It happens ever too often. How do we go around that and value the managers for what they really are? The, you know, them understanding the team, the value they bring, and all of that. Dennis? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Calvin. Uh, it's it's just funny that you asked that question. I experienced that all the time, you know. I don't know if it's perception or people just think when you speak to a manager, either they will give you prizes that are out of this world, they'll make your life difficult, they will ask for things, uh, they'll ask you to bring Ayach to take us to Mombasa and a private plane to fly, you know, things that are out of this, of this world. But anyway, um, it's two ways. One, it is the way the artist values the manager. For example, if anyone calls uh, any of my artists, uh, there are certain things that none of my artists can deal with. They tell them, please call Dennis. If you want to negotiate, if you want to deal with any contract issues or anything like that, you just have to speak to this guy. And I'm not talking to you about any uh, of those things. So if the artist respects or values the manager, then that person who's seeking any services from the artist will also respect uh, the, the, the manager. Uh, number two, if the person seeking services from the artist or 
um, the brand. They need to understand why a manager is important. So what are the key roles of a manager? Maybe that will be the, 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 the question I should pose here. So why do artists actually need managers? What does a manager do? What does ma- artist management actually mean? And as, as you can see, every successful artist has a manager. There is management. There is, there's a team because there's something they do. The manager is the business side of the artist. It's the business side of the brand. It's a person that is able to do things that the artist can do personally, you know, get into meetings and get out and, you know, put things on the table the way they are. So, yeah, so it's two-way. It's if the artist respects the manager and the roles of the manager, then that person seeking the services from the artist will respect, you know, that structure. And it is that structure that you'll follow day to day. Thank you so much. Thanks for that, Dennis. Aniko, this has happened to you and how have you been able to go around that whole situation when you're getting those direct calls every time? I think I don't want to blame the people who do that. I just want to say maybe it's because we still, I mean, our industry is still evolving. It's still growing. We see the growth each and every day. And even we see the growth in the sense that now so many um, artists, even those who are like fast rising, you find that they have like a manager or a publicist. So things are changing. Um, and I believe things will get better as 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 uh, as we continue to grow and to change. So I do not, you know, blame the media people or the industry people who are constantly, I don't know, sending to the artist the contract or calling the artist directly and refusing to talk to the manager and thinking they'll get a better deal speaking to I don't know their publicist is because they're friends with me and they don't want to go to the to I don't know Saudi so directly. I don't blame those people. I just think we need to continue reiterating to them like that you must follow due uh, process you you must um, speak to the right person this is the person who's in charge so in my experience I always insist on that always and even now that I'm running my own company and still assisting in like Saudi Soul PR or some PR for Soul Gen there's still that um, situ- there's still situations where people will maybe call me and insist oh we really need this thing for Soul Gen or for this person and I know there's somebody else at Soul Gen who's working in-house uh, managing the PR I know that's their um, role and and so I will insist and say, no, you have to call this lady because she's the one, you know, supposed to, that's not my job. And sometimes you really have to be strict or stern to, to people for them to actually um, follow due process and call the right people. And I think the more we continue to, to stress that that is important to be professional, to follow the right process and communicate to the right person, the better things will, will flow in the team and the better the industry will be and the better structure we will have and um, it will be obvious now like oh if I want to reach out Calvin I have to call um, his PA and this is his number because he's always busy or something but people in the industry seem to think like other creatives are really doing nothing like you can't start calling an artist and saying oh I have a gig on this day please accept this amount of money they wait they don't know unless if it's an artist who never gigs but all the other artists they don't even know their schedule like there's a schedule master or their manager knows better than they do. So I, I think that's how I would respond to the question. Thank you very much, Nico. Mr. Kevin, I see you have some questions. You want to proceed and uh, ask what you wanted to? Kevin, all right, he uh, requested. Anybody else who's got a question, kindly feel free to do so. I want to uh, give some more airtime at Yarrow underscore B. 
winning as well for posting up, of course, and tagging at Tracy Staffrick and, of course, using the hashtag, hashtag TTS as well. So let's continue with all of that. We're about to wrap up. Before we wrap up, anybody else who's got a question or comment? Uh, I'd also like to acknowledge the presence of Mr. King Kaka. I'd already said Femi One in the house as well. Now, to someone else who's in this industry, and I'd want them to give a bit of commentary from, you know, Boomplay. Mr. Jinx. Talk to us, good sir. Hey, Calvin. Uh, while you're on that, um, yeah. I'd also, I would love to hear from uh, Charlotte, who is the strategic uh, director oh, yes, of yes, brand yes, media yes, yes. partnerships um, Boom! at Audiomark. I might have a question <laughs> for her. So in the meantime, I'm going to send an invite. All right. Shout out to Charlotte. How you been? Yo, Calvin, what's up, bro? Good, good. So... Jinx, thank you very much for, you know, uh, picking the mic and everything. We've been talking about, uh, you know, how to value yourself as a musician, as an artist and all of this. From the day-to-day conversations that you have with uh, people who literally come to the office, you being the head A&R, what are some of the mistakes that guys make from the get-go? Artists or their teams? Both of them. I mean, for the artists, mainly I'd say not having the team which is important as it's been highlighted here. So, I mean, we can we can have a, a meeting, like a, a strategy meeting, uh, but when it comes to the execution, you know, uh, for an artist, you, you need uh, the people around you that we could do follow-ups with, the people who can, uh, you know, can handle the either the proposals or the planning uh, and things of that nature. Because you really don't want to be pestering an artist with such, uh, only because... A, a creative mind before it switches into that business mode, you might be waiting a long time for for those kind of deliverables. And uh, for for the teams, uh, I mean, this is it's also because I think the industry is young and evolving, and we haven't really uh, standardized some professions. Um, big shout out to the likes of uh, Dennis and Aniko who are here, uh, who have been spearheading you know, management and, uh, you know, being a publicist. I mean, those are some of the key roles that, you know, you, you need around you. Uh, legal, publishing, touring, uh, you know, all those are jobs. An artist can easily um, have a team of 10 plus and everyone eats. So, I mean, for the teams, sometimes it's a lack of education on what you exactly should be doing for the artist. And uh, so you sit down for a meeting and 10 minutes in you realize they're actually clueless uh so i'd say uh when when the artist is evaluating their team it it would be nice for them to do some research on what is expected for that particular role and really find out whether this is the best person suited for it either by interview or um yeah uh either by interview or, or yeah putting them out there to see the results uh yeah so don't let uh don't let uh someone hold you back because they're your friend and you're mm-hmm. trying to put and they're not getting the job done thanks thanks man appreciate it of course uh jinx always doing an amazing job charlotte lancer you'd said you have a question for lady charlotte proceed okay uh hi charlotte first of all Welcome to the space. Um, you've been here anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, maybe I think we would like to know um, what Audiomark looks for in artists. Uh, maybe some of the things that you empower them with in building their brands. And yeah, we, we would really love to learn from you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Lancer. Um, Aniko, Hi. 
My um, girl. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so excited right now and I'm seeing you soon. Anyway. Yes, I'm going to see you next week. Um, thank you, Lanza. Um, I was just chilling here, hoping that you would not see me. And I'll just like take in all the knowledge because I feel like everybody here, um, especially Aniko and, and Dennis and, and Wangeshi, who, whom I am a big, huge fan of, have literally told us everything that we need to know. Um, what does Ojumak look for in artists? I, I don't I don't think there's anything specific because we work with all the artists in the world and we're open to to working with any type of artist, whether independent, signed, upcoming, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, um, put put your music um, on the platform and we're gonna do as much as possible to support, right? Um, when it comes to to tools that we provide for um for artists to kind of grow their brand um that's a very good question um i think in 2022 um i feel like it's very easy for an artist to know their value build their value and and grow their brand in 2022 and i'll i'll say why because i feel like if you're an artist whose music is out there um on on youtube um, audio mac spotify apple music boomplay dundo and uh and all these other digital platforms. All these platforms um, provide something we call a creator dashboard. Um, And this creator dashboard is always available for the artist, for the distro team, for the label, for the management, whoever is on the artist team, right? Um, And with a creator dashboard, it it's able to kind of help you understand your audience, um, which kind of helps you inform your your decisions and your growth decisions, right? So you're kind of able to know if you say are an upcoming act and you put out an EP and you have different sounds on that EP. So it's, it could be like five, six songs and you have like different sounds and different genres. And you're able to go back after a month or two months and, and figure out which is my top stream song, um, which helps you understand that your audience love a particular genre from you, right? And then to break it down to, to countries, for example, so you'll find that whatever song is popping in Kenya from your EP might not be the same song that's popping in Tanzania from your EP, might not be the same song that's popping in South Africa, right? And so it kind of helps you navigate different um different territories, different sounds with different fans and helps you inform your your growth decision as you keep moving forward because you're understanding your brand because you're understanding your audience, right? It always helps because I've seen like we've worked with big artists from the biggest to the smallest, but I've seen big artists get booked in in Amsterdam or or Suriname, for example. Um, There's a time like David was in, in, you know, uh, booked in Suriname and he didn't even know he didn't even know that there's a country like Suriname that exists um, but when he got there the first thing he did was check his numbers and check his um, his creator dashboard to understand what which of my songs is popping in this country and then these are the songs that I'm going to use um, to captivate the audience these are the songs that I'm going to perform right so I think these also help in in, in terms of preparation for your next move, whether it's a concert, um, it's a booking, um, and, and 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 even as a, as a Kenyan artist, for example, your song is popping in Tanzania. This helps with your next move. Do you want to then go and 
do media rounds in Tanzania because you're getting, you know, somewhat popular you're, or this song is doing so well in Tanzania and you want to go there and do PR, you know, that's why you call in Yiko to do PR for you and then figure out which Tanzanian artist that has similar sounds to you that you can work with, um, have a collaboration just to give your Tanzanian audience more of of what they're already liking from you, right? So I, I genuinely feel like as many artists as possible should really understand data. I think what I'm talking about here is just like data. Every artist should understand their data. Um, I think as many artists as possible should also be really, really involved. So in as much as you have a business manager, a road manager, um, um, a lawyer and all these other things, right? At the end of the day, nobody can want it more than you. Your manager shouldn't dream bigger than you. Your no, Nobody in your team should dream bigger than you because nobody can want it more than you. So you have to look at yourself as a company and then look at yourself as the CEO of that company, right? And what that entails is that Everybody else in your team reports to you. Everybody else in your team works for you. And you then have to understand what everybody brings to the table and every, all the aspects of what they're doing. Because if you don't, that's where you get played. That's where you're going to come back crying foul and saying, oh, this happened, my management did this, or oh, I, I wasn't sure of this because you were not involved in the day-to-day of running your company, which is essentially you as a company, right? Um, yes, I think I think that's that's a way of of you know building your value as an artist and understanding understanding yourself as an artist. Thank you so much, Charlotte. That is such a wonderful Thank point. You. It actually built up on what has been said. Uh, data is important because I remember. Um, Wangeshi spoke about knowing your target audience and stuff. And thank you for reminding us that these streaming platforms, these, these places where you can get this data to interpret and act on. Over to you, Calvin. Alrighty. Um, we'd gotten one more request, uh, but I don't know whether the request is still popping. But um, okay. Guys, thank you very much for coming to this um trace twitter space we get to do this quite often thank you very much for being with us since 8 p.m it's now almost close to 10 o'clock some of us have to go to bed because of early mornings and all of that but i appreciate every speaker everybody who's contributed everyone who's tweeted uh keep doing what you're doing and guys let uplift each other especially with all the gems that we've learned today you know when it comes to being professional or you know having a team you know what are all of these different things looking out for for this or even what charlotte has emphasized on data 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 all of these are quite important gems with what we've learned today thank you guys appreciate it and uh have a great night Thank you so much, Calvin. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Have a good night. All right, appreciate it. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Appreciate you guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Good night. Appreciate it. Inaindeshwa na Afripods.